Welcome to church 2022. Happy New Year to you all. Happy New Year to our family joining us online. Happy New Year to anyone else who's going to join later on on the podcast. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I hope you had a wonderful Christmas. However, I'm aware that uh, this year was probably difficult for some people. There were some empty seats at dinner tables due to the loss of loved ones. And there are also some people who've been unwell during this Christmas season. I'd like you to know that the church is standing with you in prayers. It's not easy. I know because I myself experienced the loss of my mom and dad. Though it was many years ago, but in times like this when we have celebrations like Christmas, birthdays, I miss them more. So my heart goes out to you as well. I know people say time heals, but I disagree with that. It's not time that heals, but it is having Jesus in your life that makes a difference. And in those times of loneliness, in those times when you miss them a lot, just run to Jesus and he'll embrace you in his arms as only he can and bring peace and comfort. Amen. My name is Bev, by the way, if you don't know me. Uh, I serve here as an intern. Our Bible reading for this morning is going to be from the book of Acts. Acts 3, verses 1 to 16. Acts 3. One day, Peter and John were going to the temple at the time of prayer, at 3 in the afternoon. Now a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate, called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter looked straight at him. So did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. While the beggar held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place of Solomon's colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, 
Men of Israel, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if it's by our own power, O godliness, that we made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed and disowned him before Pilate though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this by faith in the name of Jesus. This man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has given complete healing to him as you can all see. This is the word of the Lord. Um, we are in the book of Acts 3 now. There's a lot of things that has been happening in the life of believers Jesus has already ascended, appeared to the chosen few for a period of 40 days. But he told the disciples that do not leave Jerusalem until you've received the Holy Spirit. The day of Pentecost came in Acts 2. Holy Spirit came upon them as tongues of fire. They were empowered. Peter had his first sermon and 3,000 people turned to Christ. Hallelujah. But now in Acts 3, Peter and John are going to the temple to pray. The title of my sermon this morning, church, is Power in the Name of Jesus. I have divided the sermon into three sections. So if you're taking some notes, here's the plan. First section is verses 1 to verse 5. We got the PowerPoint. Under the title, Routine Interrupted. So verses 1 to 5. Second section, Priceless Gift, verses 6 to 10. And the last section will be Glory of Jesus Revealed, verses 11 to 16. So in verse 1, we are told that Peter and John are going to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Now it depends on what version that you're using. I'm using the NIV. Some versions say at the ninth hour. So the ninth hour is the same as 3 o'clock. What I'd like you to know, church, is that 3 o'clock was not an ordinary time. It was a very significant time. Three o'clock in the afternoon, if we go to Acts 10, verses 3, was when Cornelius had a vision when he was visited by the angel of the Lord. If we turn to the Old Testament in Daniel 9, verse 21, the Bible tells us that Daniel was praying at three o'clock 
in the afternoon. Well, actually, it says at twilight, but twilight is the same as three o'clock. Daniel was praying, and he had a visitation from Gabriel, the angel of the Lord. Three o'clock in the afternoon, before Jesus took his last breath and said, it is finished, it was at three o'clock in the afternoon. So this is no ordinary time. According to their culture, to the Jewish culture, they used to go to the temple to pray at 9 a.m., at 12 midday, at 3 p.m. So here Peter and John are going to the temple to pray at 3 p.m. Moving on to verse 2. Now a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple called Temple Gate, called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. So the routine of this man was to sit at the gate to beg for money at a gate called Beautiful. There's been a lot of debates as to the exact location of the Beautiful Gate at the temple courts. However, according to Josephus, who is a Jewish historian, he believes that this gate was called the Corinthian Gate. And it was made of brass. It was a beautiful gate. Even though all the other gates were adorned with gold and silver, this gate did not have gold and silver, but it was a beautiful gate. So this man was put there, whether it was by his friends or brothers, day in, day out, to beg for some money. The paradox of life. Here we have the beautiful gate, and yet there's a man who sat there begging. This guy was clever, though. It's a strategic place, isn't it? The people of God are going in and out of the temple, and he sat there to beg for some money. It would not have been unusual for them to see him there. And the Jews had a commandment from God, the people of God, to look after the ones who were marginalized in society, the poor, the widow, the orphan, the foreigner. So they would have seen this as part of their responsibility to help this man who was poor. I know here in the UK, maybe we might not relate to this as much, but what we have here is the, the homeless people who sit and beg for money. Verse 3. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Straight at him, they looked at him, showing that you matter to us. Showing compassion, Rachel. I used to serve the homeless people, and they all seemed to have something in common that they all used to say was, you know, we appreciate it when people give us money, they give us food. But what we long for is for people to look at us in the eye. Just to say, you matter to us. And this is exactly what Peter and John did. Called for his attention. Verse 5. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. I don't know what this guy was expecting. 
but I'm assuming he was expecting money if this is what he used to get day in and day out. Money for him to survive. He was crippled. He couldn't work. His routine was to go and sit at a beautiful gate. But what this guy didn't know was that his routine was going to be interrupted because the man of God had come. The man of God had had his attention. Then Peter said, each time I read this, I, I get so excited and I also get emotional. Silver or gold, I do not have. But what I have, I give you. Church, what do we have to give? What do we have to give to people who are struggling? What do we have to give to people in our, in our lives, in our world, in our workplaces, in schools, in colleges, in universities? What do we have to give? Listen to what Peter said. This is beautiful. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Hallelujah, church. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. That was the command that was given to this man. It was command that was said out of faith. They didn't just say, walk, rise up and walk. But they said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Why? Because there is power in the name of Jesus. Second section. Then Peter said, oh, sorry, I've said that. Verse 7. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. This was a miracle, church. The man had been sitting at the gate day in and day out, relying on people. He couldn't do what he wanted to do because his life was dependent on people. How old was this man? If you go to Acts 4 verse 21, it tells us that this man was over 40 years of age. Can you imagine, church, 40 years, over 40 years, relying on other people, not being able to do what he wanted to do. But here a miracle had just transpired. And this was the first of the apostolic miracles. He was able to walk. His feet were made strong. And verse 8 tells us that he jumped to his feet and walked and then went into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. Hallelujah. The man was healed. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the man who used to sit begging at the beautiful gate. Of course they recognized him. Over 40 years of age. Perhaps he'd been sitting there since he was maybe five, maybe six, begging for money. There would have been people who would have helped this man. There would have been people who had ignored him and walked past him. 
There would have been people who had probably written him off to say you're not going to mount to anything. But here we are. Peter and John arrive and say, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. This man was given a priceless gift, church. People used to give him money, or maybe a sandwich, or maybe a blanket, who knows? But none of those things transformed his life. Those were just temporary measures. What do we have to give, church? Amen. Thank you so much. Is that Trev? Thank you, Trev. We do have Jesus. We do have Jesus. We can give Jesus to people. And it is only Jesus that brings transformation into people's lives. By the way, thank you so much for, for your donations to the hub, to the food bank. Thank you for your donations in food. Thank you for your donations in money. Thank you for donations with time for those who serve at the, at the hub. Lives are being transformed. But can I encourage you for us to carry on but also going the extra mile. Meeting practical needs, yes, so important because it shows the love of Jesus. But let's also give Jesus to people. Let's also meet them spiritually because it is only in the name of Jesus that can bring transformation to people's lives. Hallelujah. So his routine was interrupted. This man was given a priceless gift he was able to walk. Perhaps he was now able to, to learn new skills, go to work, maybe even get married if he wasn't married. What sort of things can someone accomplish over 40 years? It's quite a lot. I'm 45, and I'm not ashamed to say I'm 45, <laughs> because it's the grace of God for me to be here this morning, and each and every year is a gift from God. Sorry to put you on the spot, Jim. Are you 40? Am I right in saying you're 40? Almost 41. Oh, there we go. See, kids always tell the truth. Jim, if you had said you're 38, Obi would have told us the truth. Almost 41. What sort of things does someone accomplish in 40 years? Jim has accomplished a lot. A child gets born, goes to nursery, goes to school, goes to college, goes to university, gets a job, gets married, maybe, has children, and even gets to midlife crisis and buys a sports car, even if it's not practical for the family. Why I'm, I'm, I'm saying this, church, is just for us to see the magnitude of what this man had missed out. You know, when you grow up in church, you hear these stories from Sunday school, and they become like, oh, yeah, 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 I know that's, that story yeah, about the man who used to beg at the gate. But this is, this is a miracle. This is extraordinary church. During the week, I've, I've, been, I've, been, I've been touched. I've had moments when I've, when I've been emotional, when I've been thinking of, the things that I have accomplished in 45 years by the grace of God. And I'm thinking, this man was just set at the gate. But God is good. He showed mercy upon him, and this man was healed. Uh, verse 11. 
While the beggar held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to him in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. I love this picture of that this man was still holding on to Peter and John. And they didn't say, oh, you're healed, now you can go. No. This is a picture of discipleship, church. That when we lead people to Christ, don't leave them on their own. Let us hold their hands and walk with them and partner with them for them to be able to fulfill the plan and purposes that God has for them. Because I don't know if you know this, that when someone gets saved or when someone gets to know about Christ, their house is cleaned, their soul is cleaned, but also the enemy comes to attack. And he just doesn't come on his own, but he comes with many other demons to try and torment this person who would have been saved. So whenever we have people that we walk with, disciple, please hold their hand until such a time when they're comfortable and confident in doing the journey on their own. Well, they won't be on their own, but we carry on walking with them. Verse 12, when Peter saw this, he said to them, Men of Israel, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we made this man walk? Peter is acknowledging that it is not in their own strength, it's not in their own power, but it is Jesus who made this man walk. Hallelujah. There are times when God uses us and we get so prideful and say to people, well, I prayed for you. Pete, I prayed for you. If it wasn't of me praying for you, you wouldn't be here. But Peter and John, they gave glory to God to say he is the one who healed this man. And that's a lesson for us as well. That whenever God uses us to bring transformation into people's lives, Don't go around saying, I did this for you, but give glory to God. Amen? Verse 13. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. So this was to fulfill the glorification of Jesus. Peter and John reminded them of which God had done this. There were many other gods that they were worshipping. There was the God of Baal, God of Moloch. But here they stressed that it was God of Abraham, God of Isaac, God of Jacob who has healed this man. It goes back to to whom Jesus to whom God, sorry, introduced himself as to Moses in Exodus 3.15 when he said, when you go to Pharaoh and to the Israelites in Egypt, tell them that I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And then Peter goes on to say, you handed him over to be killed. These people knew who Jesus was. 
They'd seen him do miracles, church. They are the same people who had shouted, crucify him. And here Peter is just reminding them on who Jesus is. So you disowned the holy and righteous one and asked for a murderer to be released. They cried, they shouted out, Barabbas, Barabbas, release Barabbas instead of Jesus. Release Barabbas and crucify Jesus. You killed the author of life. Peter, once again, is highlighting on who Jesus is. Back to John 1, 1, where it says, in the beginning was the word. And Jesus himself was there right from the beginning. God raised him from the dead. And we are witnesses of this. So the, the disciples had been with Jesus. They had seen him being crucified. They were also witnesses of his resurrection because he had appeared to them over a period of 40 days. The man at the beautiful gate had an unusual encounter. His routine was interrupted. He received a priceless gift because there is power in the name of Jesus. And Jesus' glory was revealed. I like what verse 16 says. It says, by faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and have known was made strong. It is Jesus' name and faith that comes through him that has given him complete healing, as you can all see. So it wasn't enough to just say, in the name of Jesus. They also needed to have faith. Peter had faith. Otherwise, he wouldn't have just commanded to say, in the name of Jesus. Rob, Peter had faith. I'd like to believe as well that this man was set at the beautiful gate had faith. For him to sit there begging for money, you've got to have some sort of faith come on church to know that this is where my, my income is going to come from. But I think his faith on this day was taken to another level. A, because these men asked for his attention. And they also, Peter raised his hand and the man had faith to put his hand in Peter's hand and he was able to stand up and walk. I would like to invite Rob and the worship team to come back up as we draw to an end. Today is a very important day, church, as we take communion on the very first Sunday of 2022. I don't know where you're at individually. I'd like to address this to you now as a person individually. 
you're going through in your life. Perhaps someone here feels like their life is like that of the man of the beautiful gate, that you're going round and round in circles and you can't seem to get to where you want to get to. Perhaps it is physical health, physical illness that's pressing you down and holding you down. Perhaps it's, it's an eating disorder. You want to get out of this, but you can't seem to get yourself out of it. Maybe it's cancer. Maybe you've been diagnosed with cancer. Or there's an addiction in your life. Alcohol addiction. Drug addiction. Going on to websites that you're not meant to be going on. Whatever it is, church, I'd like you to know that there is power in the name of Jesus. That Jesus is the only one who can bring transformation to your life. Will you allow Jesus to step into your life and interrupt the schedule that you go through, the routine that only you and God know that you go through, that's pressing you and holding you down? Perhaps it is unforgiveness Don't enter into 2022 with the hurts and the pain and the unforgiveness of 2021. Today is a brand new day, church. God's mercies are new each and every morning. I'd like to pray for you, for God to step into your life and bring transformation as only he can.